The Service Evolution Podcast is brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, Inc. We'll ensure consistently great performance to help keep your business running smoothly. For more information, visit cgpconstruction.com. Welcome to Service Evolution, America's premier destination for service industry leaders. We deliver the advice and insight you need to get ahead in your career, learn new skills, and succeed in the competitive world of service. Our podcast features experts from across the country who provide their valuable insight on topics such as branding, strategy building, and customer service. Whether you're just starting out or looking for ways to take your company to the next level, join us and discover how to make a positive impact today. What's up, guys? It's Sean Black with Service Evolution. I'm so excited today. I'm hit with me today is, of course, my amazing co-host, Jim Robinson. How are you, sir? That's a little exaggerated, but hey, I'm glad to be here today. Yeah, right. Jim, if you guys don't know, is, of course, and modest is modest. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Jim is, uh, of course, uh, our, our co-host, but he is our expert on this panel as well. He's a, uh, an author speaker. And then today I'm super excited because we have Rhea Story on. Hey, Rhea, how are you? I'm doing great, Sean. Jim, great to see you here, be with you guys. Awesome to have you here, Rhea. Can't Rhea wait to dig is, deep into this story today. This is going to be fun. Going to want to stay on here. Let's go. Yeah, I'm excited. This Rhea is, of course, a speaker and author. Uh, gosh, you you have so much experience. So many, can you tell everyone a little bit about what you do and, and, your, and your kind of uh, how you got started? Sure. Uh, so basically my husband, and I do a, a lot of speaking together. So we kind of have his mind and ours is what we say. Um, we do a lot of work together with that leadership training and, um, speaking at conferences and things like that. And, um, really our niche there is blue collar leadership. So leadership development for the blue collar workforce, uh, their leaders, those who serve them in the industry. And we really focus on taking that leadership content and making it easy to understand and practical and easy to apply. And then apart from what we do in that blue collar leadership space is I also um, have a just a kind of a side niche on leadership development for women. So a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a side lane there, but a lot of the times we speak together. So um, I tell people I married him for his last name. It's not true, but if you're going to be a speaker and an author, you need a last name like story. I mean, how cool. Well, you're going to have to live up to that one today. We'll we'll put you to the task. Put you to the task. <laughs> kind of a cool last name, really. My parents went to a church one time, and the pastor's name, his last name was Angel. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, that's a pretty cool last name. That's a pretty cool coincidence there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Talk about a reputation man. to uphold. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tall order. That is. That is. Awesome. Uh, so I wanted to hop into... One of the the frameworks that we, we started talking about earlier before, which was the ladder of influence, right? And so if for our listeners, you can let them know why this is such a big deal in today's world and how you're using this framework. Sure. So this is um, directly from my book, The Ladder of Influence. And I'm one of those people that I thought early in my career, leadership is maybe for the boss or the owner of a company. And it's certainly true those people need leadership, but I didn't realize early on that leadership is influence. And every single one of us, number one, 
want more influence. But number two, every single one of us have some influence already. The only question is, how do we develop more influence? And throughout my career, I mean, I, you know, I went to college, I worked my way up from the, you know, started my career, my, my journey waiting tables at Pizza Hut for $2 and 13 cents an hour, you know, but, but working up through my career and then going to college at some point and and getting some management degrees, no one ever talked about leadership as influence. I heard a lot about the management side of leadership, you know, managing tasks or strategic plans or budgeting Mm. and those are valuable skills, but no one ever talked about how to influence people as a leader or even as a person, because we all want leadership. We all want influence. We want to influence our, our people and our team members at work or our boss even, but, but we also want to influence our kids to make better choices in life. And when I realized that leadership is influence and it's a skill, then, that, then the question is, well, how do we develop, how do we develop more influence? And so I wrote the ladder of influence because it's what I wish I'd known early in my career about how to increase my influence at home, at work, personally, and professionally. And when I put it in the framework of of a, a ladder that we can climb, it just, to me, it made so much sense because like any ladder, number one, you have to start at the bottom and you can climb progressively to the, to the upper steps on the ladder, but you never get to forget about the bottom step, right? That That's always going to be there as a foundation. And so when I started uh, thinking of it in terms of that, then it made so much sense as something I can climb and I can develop. And so that's when I start to get excited about these leadership principles is because I've applied them and gotten results, uh, not just something I read in a book. So I like to translate that in a way that everyone can understand and apply. Brilliant. Keep it simple, Brilliant. right? Keep it super simple. We educate the world if we simplify things. Keep it single button simple. I love that. Influence is the big game changer in the service industry, right? The more influence you have, the the bigger the change, the bigger the opportunity to serve other people. How do you do that? What is the actionable? What's the strategies behind that? What are the simple things we could give our listeners today that they, they have some actionable items in the most simple way to start gaining some influence? What does that look like? That's a great question, Jim. So um, the first step on the ladder of influence is what I call control of self. And Influence at this step is being proactive as an individual, right? Because think of it from your perspective. I guarantee you that you've never had somebody blow up and get mad and blame you and yell at you and you thought, man, I like and trust you a whole lot more now, right? I mean, it doesn't it doesn't work like this. <laughs> And yet it's more difficult to realize that the choices that I make as an individual when I have emotions or feelings in a situation is going to impact my influence, right? It's how I can control myself when those, and and, you know, we're human. We all have emotions. We all have feelings, but it's Andy Stanley who reminds us our feelings can be terrible leaders. See, the Mm. thing is that when, Mm. when everything is going right and you, you are proactive and you make good decisions and you have control of self, that doesn't increase your influence much. Pretty, Pretty much people expect you to be positive and proactive when things are going right. It's when the problems happen, the crisis come up, when a client is unhappy or when there's a, you know, a customer job goes wrong, right? And then we choose to be proactive and rise above anger or frustration or hurt in the moment and choose the right response. That's when we can increase our influence. So, you know, it's like New Year's resolutions though. It says easy and it and it does hard, but 
being proactive is the essence of control of a self and, and saying, I'm going to respond to this situation based on what's going to move me forward instead of the feelings that I have. Because I bet I'm not the only one who said or done something in the emotion of the moment and later, later thought, man, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that, right? Um, it says yeah, easy. It, <laughs> it yeah. says easy and it does hard. But yeah. being proactive is a choice. And just like exercising physical muscles helps us get stronger, so does exercising our, our mental um, muscle. So th- the way to actually practically apply that is to start thinking of s- small steps, small situations where we call it the pause button. I, that comes from Stephen Covey's um, Seven Habits, where he says between freedom, human beings have the emotional freedom to pause and choose their response when something happens. So Hmm. Sort of uh, the easy button, I, I think of as the pause button, where when yeah. something happens, pause and choose a response based on what's better in the situation instead of just I the know, One thing we talk about with management even is looking for the folks on the team that may be ready to kind of lose their uh, self-control, if you will, mm. but then they <laughs> capture it. and And if they catch it, or if they have the kind of the mishap, if you will, and then all of a sudden there's a lot of ownership behind that. Yes. We go all in. Mortgage the house at that point, because you got somebody that's about to have explosive growth, and that's really how we see it. I think there's an opportunity there for sure. So self-control, that, that's, that's a great place to start and use that pause button, back away for a minute, rethink. Before you click send that email, that's nasty. Pause. <laughs> pause. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's- great. It's taking responsibility, not responsibility for everyone else and everything that happens in life, but responsibility for what I do in response. I'm taking ownership of my choices, behaviors, actions, and words. And every single one of those things is either increasing my influence or it's decreasing it. Um, And it it is difficult to do. I mean, it's easy to talk about, but it's, it's tough to do. But I mean, it can be done. Every every one of us has that freedom. I mean, I left home at 19. I left behind a father who sexually abused me and trafficked me. And when I left home, I didn't have anything. I had a duffel bag and a pillowcase full of clothes and no job, no GED, no high school diploma. But I realized I could spend the rest of my life blaming a lack of success on everybody else, or I could take ownership, not for what happened to me, but for how I respond, who I become because of it. Yeah. It's our greatest freedom as people and as leaders is saying, I can't control everybody else, but I always can control myself if I choose to. Wow. Super powerful message. That is super powerful. What a great testament to exactly you know what you're talking about, really. I think a lot of people in the professional uh, arena at work and, uh, and even at home equate influence to success you know, mm. in, in a lot of ways. Sure. And I think it, it often goes hand in hand. Certainly, I think you, the more influence you have, the better, the more successful you can become. Whatever your def, your definition is of success, and everyone's is different. But how can our listeners use the ladder of influence to not only achieve personal success, but also you know make a positive impact on their communities uh, and and other organizations? So once you once you've um, had some success at that first step, right? I mean, and, and none of us ever get it 100% perfect. The rest, they know that's always going to be something we work on at some level is, is control yeah. of self. But once we have some progress in that area, we can start working toward the second step. And that's where I call character development. 
um, character is who we are as a person and not competency. That's the third step. We'll get to that. But character is how I do what I do. And it's the, the, we call them soft skills, ironically, like there's something soft and fuzzy, but it's, it's <laughs> attitude and teamwork. Do I have integrity? Can I show up to work on time? If I have an appointment with a client in the, particularly in the service industry, and I'm supposed to be there at 10 o'clock and I don't show up till 1030, that's a character issue. So developing that side of our, 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 who we are is going to leverage and multiply our competency. The competency is the, the work we do, the skills, the talents, and that's at the third step. But we have to be working on that character development step because that's what multiplies the competency. Who we are multiplies what we know how to do, right? So I might have all the competency in the world, but if I can't get along with my clients or I treat them rudely, I'm not going to have a very effective business. I might have a great competency at, you know, building a database, but if I if I don't have the character that attracts clients, I'm not going to have a product to be able to to market. So when we think about that, how we go about doing that is we we have to be intentional about a personal growth or development plan. Something that's intentional. It's like exercise, right? Exercise never wakes you up out of bed in the morning and says, hey, it's time, it's time to go. You have to go do it. And character development is the same way. Being intentional about whatever, whatever your plan is. Mine is reading books because I love to, to read, but maybe it's listening to a podcast like this once a day or you know, watching a TEDx talk. There's so many ways to grow and develop, but we have to be intentional about doing it a little bit every single day. Nice. Yeah, intentionality is super powerful in and of itself. I mean, if you draft the plan, be intentional of the plan. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck working in some closet where you don't have to talk to anybody. And then that's great. You don't have to have all this, but everyone else <laughs> in the world needs it. <laughs> well, we then you're going to go home it. and you're going you're to need it with those, those personal relationships, too. Yeah, for sure. All right. We're going to go to a break here in a minute, but I got a question. These listeners are paying attention right now. Let's give them some insight. What is, how do they determine their current level of influence? Where are they at? How do they make those determinations? And then how do they set the standard to get to the next level? What does that look like? So I think first off, it's recognizing anytime we are mad or sad or frustrated in a situation, that's a red flag that says, I don't have enough influence in that situation, right? Because if I, anytime you're frustrated or mad or upset, it's because you wanted to influence somebody to do something they don't want to do or not do something they do want to do. So when you find when you find that emotion there it's because you feel powerless in that situation. So that's a quick, you know, just a quick test of hey, I can I know where I'm at with my influence. If I'm feeling frustration in this situation, it's a sign I don't have the influence I want. Mm. So easy to, you know, just look around and see and interestingly enough, the emotional side of things, our our personal relationships are usually where we become frustrated faster, right? Because there's more emotions. Your kids always seem to know what buttons to push, right? When it when it comes to frustration. <laughs> not mine. Oh no. No. <laughs> not, not at all. <laughs> uh, mine either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you know, because you care in those relationships, like you're especially with your children, right? You want to to help them be successful. As a leader, we want to help our team members be successful. But most of the time we try to tell people what to do or give advice or, you know, blame someone for how, how they're behaving. And again, we have to take ownership for not 
fixing them, but focusing on self. And what do I need to do different to increase my influence with you? That whole fixer thing comes up for me, man. We're in the business of fixing things. Mm. 38 years ago when we founded CGP, it was based on fixing. And fortunately, I've been married coming up on 40 years, but the message at home is always quit fixing and just hear me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Just listen to me, man. I don't need you to fix me. I am a fixer, and man, uh, it is one of those things that I have to control for sure because it's not always appropriate to fix everything as our business model really is, fix it. But it's it's definitely something that has to be controlled for sure. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll think of our sponsors, and we'll be right back with Real Story. Did you know that CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, Inc. are also commercial plumbers? They added the plumbing division in 2000 and have been serving the nation's largest brands ever since. They offer everything from cleaning drains, camera work, and grease trap repairs to full repipes and dig-ups. So when your brand needs commercial plumbing, remember, call CGP. They are ready to be on site 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. They specialize in restaurants, retail stores, commercial buildings, and hospitality. No matter what your plumbing needs may be, CGP is ready. And because they're a maintenance company, they can make the repairs needed after the plumbing is completed as well. One call will do it all. Call them today, 858-454-7326, or check them out on the web at www.cgpconstruction.com. Give them a call today. What's up guys, Sean Black at Service Evolution. Welcome back to the show. Of course, I'm here with Jim Robinson, our co-host, and uh, Rhea Story, who is a coach, author, world-renowned author, I should say. You have a lot of books out, actually. You you both and, and Mac are like a book-producing machine. <laughs> well, we, we have a lot to say. Uh, I think we have 34 <laughs> books together, uh, books and journals. And, you know, something we've got, we're working on coming out pretty soon is actually online training for a lot of our books and programs, including mm. uh, we're doing some of the blue collar leadership training videos first, but we will be doing um, a video training series on the ladder of influence too. So look, look out for that. Nice. Outstanding. Well, to have you guys back to kind of explore that more, uh, you know, next time for sure. Well, we just got done talking really and exploring the ladder of influence, uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, and kind of going through it how it is really set up to explain how people can learn to be more influential in their lives, to impact others, and really grow uh, their self to influence others. Uh, and, and part of that is developing that character, which is kind of where we left off with you. Um, I really want to kind of talk about the complexities of humans <laughs> and, and uh, <laughs> that influence level, uh, because it, it can be a little challenging um, how does your your framework kind of help navigate complexity and, and forge meaningful connections between between uh, humans, I guess, between people? Well, interestingly enough, you know, leadership is both incredibly dynamic and incredibly simple. I mean, when we define leadership as influence, that's an incredibly simple concept. We all want influence. But leadership can also be incredibly dynamic because people are dynamic and every single one of us is different. And so that's why it's so important to focus on the principles and applying the principles of leadership and influence instead of the practices. 
So an example Mm -hmm. of this would be, um, maybe I have a team member in my organization. This actually happened. So this is a good, a good story. I had a team member in my organization who, um, did not like to be publicly recognized. You know, it just, it made her feel insecure. She loved just private pat on the back. You did a good job, but she really did not like to be called out like in a big meeting or something like that. It just, she didn't want to be put on the spot or in the spotlight. And so if I had just followed a practice of recognizing people at, you know, our quarterly meeting or something like that, I could have ruptured the relationship between us. I could, it would have been a withdrawal of trust because leadership is influence. Influence is based on the relationship that I have. If you don't know me, you're not going to trust me very much. So if I had made a withdrawal of trust in that relationship with his team member, you know, I could have, I could have decreased our trust. I could have decreased the trust that she had in me. Whereas if I take the time to build the relationship, I can build my influence and build the trust and get to know her. That's, that's the, the principle that we want to apply, right? Kind of back to Stephen Covey's seven habits of highly effective people. If I seek first to understand that person before trying to be understood, if I seek first to understand, I'm getting to know her and and what she likes. How does she like to be rewarded and recognized? And then I can build trust in that relationship instead of just applying the practice of calling people out and, you know, giving them a public pat on the back. But sometimes that might be a withdrawal of trust. And there are many ways we could dig into the different dynamics and complexities. But my point here is we want to focus on learning and applying leadership principles. They're kind of like gravity, right? Even if I don't know what gravity is, I would tell you there's no such thing as gravity. If if I step off of the roof of the building, what happens? You're going to fall. (laughs) Gravity is going to apply. You know, you're going to hit the ground in in a heartbeat because gravity is a principle. It doesn't care if I don't even know what it is or how to talk about it. It's going to apply. Leadership and influence principles are the same way. And so even if I don't know them or I don't read a leadership book, it's amazing to me how many leaders say, I don't like to read, so I don't read leadership books. Well, you're you're in the business of being a leader. You need to be studying leadership principles because they are either helping you or they're holding you back and you might not even know it. And that's why I come back to, we've got to be consistent with our growth, particularly as a leader, because if we're not growing, we're not able to equip ourselves with these skills and tools and leadership principles that can help us be effective. And it's kind of like if you if you move to a foreign country and you don't learn to talk the language, it's hard to be really effective, right? If we don't learn and study the principles of influence and leadership, it's tough to be effective at influencing people. And then we just find ourselves frustrated. So true. That's like me trying to figure out talk to Sean. It's I had to really <laughs> figure that out. I mean, gosh, that was hard. It took me nine years, and I just figured out how to communicate with Sean last week. And but, look how much you've grown. <laughs> and as a result, I've grown immensely. At least I feel super empowered to be able to communicate to Sean now. It's You're funny welcome. because I have a I have a manager that he has frustration with one of his his managers as a direct report. And it literally is, this is so specific to that example, is that he he just says, Jesus is so frustrating, he doesn't listen, and he's not changing. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, hold on a minute. You got zero influence over him. Have you paid attention? Do you know his backstory? Do you know anything about him? Mm-hmm. And so the journey has changed over the last few weeks, and there's a very different dynamic there. In fact, that manager is now reporting 
wow, this is a great guy that I work for. And now wow, that yeah. power of influence is starting to evolve for this particular manager and watching this unfold and um, influencing that basically and seeing how this is unfolding for both people. They're both growing because of it. So super, super powerful. How about some other examples, Ria, about how has this transformed other people's lives? Examples of they were here and they went here. What does that look like? What, what kind of stories can you give our listeners? I think the best example I can give you is from my own my own life. Um, I was that person that I wanted to go and get an office management degree because I wanted to tell people what to do. I, I really thought that's what leadership was, and I wanted to be the boss. <laughs> and I can remember, you know, I I graduated with the first um, management degree, and I got a promotion in the the job I was in to office manager, and so I had the title right. And I had the degree hanging in the wall. And it was about three hours into the first day that I realized I had the title and I had the position, but I didn't have any actual influence. And it was a humbling moment where I realized it didn't matter if I had the title I, and the, the quote unquote authority. I didn't have any actual true influence. Um, and, it, you know, it, it number one, we can look in the mirror, we can see our our best friend or our worst enemy, right? But but looking in the mirror and saying, I need to do something different. I need to grow me. If I want my situation to change, I got to take responsibility for doing something about it. And so I started, you know, trying to grow as a leader and realizing, number one, for a long time, I focused on the competencies, right? I think, well, let me go get another degree. Let me go take a certification. But it really wasn't until about 2008 when I actually started reading leadership books that I started growing who I am and not just what I know how to do. And that leveraged and multiplied a thousandfold my influence because I had the competencies. I just didn't know how to grow my character. And, you know, that's until, until, until we know what we don't know, we can't do anything yeah. about it. But it was interesting because um, I went on to find another position where I had, um, I was working as a compliance um, specialist in a, a large organization and, and I didn't have any authority over anyone in the organization, but I had responsibility for making sure everyone followed the state and federal regulations and 6,000 policies. And, um, but I couldn't tell people what to do. I couldn't make people follow the, the regulations. All I could do is try to build my influence with them. But I was, I learned more about leadership and influence in that role because I couldn't depend on authority. I couldn't depend on being the boss and telling people what to do mm -hmm. to get something done. I had to build the relationships. And so I hadn't even written the book um, that long ago, but, and I couldn't have articulated it back then. But what I was really doing was developing my, you know, my character and growing through competency and, and then growing up to the other uh, steps on the ladder, commitment to developing others and, you know, realizing I could influence people at a different level by, again, focusing on developing myself. And, uh, you know, interestingly enough, today I still have people who were team members uh, of mine from years ago, 15 years ago, who, who still follow me, who still reach out and say, hey, you know, I appreciate what you did for me and helping me develop as, a, as an individual. And so that's rewarding. Just, just going from, uh, if, you've ever, if you've ever seen that old show, Andy Griffith show, you know, Barney, kind of walks around every show, every episode, and he's always mad because he doesn't have any influence. And But he's got a badge, <laughs> right? He's got a badge. And, he's got and a one bullet in his pocket. One bullet. Hey, well, well, yeah. 
but I was Barney, you know, and the transformation of growing through that and becoming a little more like Andy and learning to lead based on moral authority um, for me has been incredible. And wow. yeah, it's absolutely transformed my leadership style for sure. Awesome. Awesome. I remember, great, great I, remember examples. I was 30 years old and I got promoted. I was at a company, uh manufacturing company. We promoted three times. And I got promoted to the general manager. I was 30 and then thought I had had it. It's like, yeah, I'm in leadership. Yeah, I didn't know anything <laughs> about leadership. I really didn't know anything. And, but I had the title and I jumped into it just like you. So it reminded me of that story. And I definitely got into, uh, some tricky situations there mm-hmm. where I had to learn on to lead. Now I'll be honest. I really just didn't know. Sure. I, I remember reading winning by Jack Welch. Mm-hmm. And that book triggered me into going, holy crap, I don't know anything about leadership at all. <laughs> and I mean, I thought he did. I was 30. I was like, I knew everything, you know? And, right. and so um, getting to those tricky situations and, and, and not having the, the structure uh, it can be difficult. So having this, you know, this ladder of influence and, uh, and dealing with, you know, different conversations and negotiating with people you know, how does that help? Is there strategies that you can kind of share based on this letter of influence that will help people get through that? Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily a framework that you would pull out as as you're in a conversation, except to to apply it internally and go, number one, am I climbing the steps, you know, in, internally myself? Um, if I feel my emotions getting out of control, you know, if I feel that... <laughs> If I need to hit the pause button, right, then I need to reflect, hey, I'm not going to increase my influence by blowing up in this situation because it's, uh, you know, who we are. The, the quality of our character is revealed by the quality of our choices, our interactions. And so it's kind of like when you squeeze a lemon, you get lemon juice, right? Sometimes we like to think we can fake it, but you can't fake it when it comes to leadership and influence because who you are inside is going to come out, particularly when you get stressed or under pressure or it's a crisis or something like that. So it's it's really recognizing again and again, do I come back to internally reflecting? Did I climb the ladder of influence? Did I start with control of self? Was I able to be proactive? Number two, am I regularly working on, on developing my character, who I am? Number three, my competencies. And the step four, we didn't really touch, uh, touch on, but um, it's commitment to developing others. Once I've learned to to master control of self, character development, and competency, I'm successful as an individual. But if I want to be significant in helping someone else grow, mentoring someone else, if you will, I'm going to reach back down and help somebody else learn to climb the ladder of influence. And that's commitment to developing others, right? And as a leader, that's helping someone else develop their leadership skills and develop into their their potential, even if it means they go on and become you know, a, someone, a leader in their own organization or start their own business, or it, it's helping someone be successful at that level as they define it, not as, as I would define it. And that mm. can be hard, right? Just like being a parent, you know, you want to develop that, that person. And, and sometimes we want things for our kids or our team members, but it's realizing that they might have a different version of success and we have to help them reach their, their definition of success, not ours. Yeah. Made me think about, I was in a group last night and there's a 24 year old that just accomplished his MBA. Wow. And so we're having these MBA conversations and he is 
seriously like we all have gone through, but he was trying to dominate the group mm-hmm. yeah, versus influence. And so he and I had a conversation after the meeting, and I just talked about self-centric versus being centric to the others and the influence right. of that. And it was it's was really one, it was a mirror I was looking in from my yesteryear of being mm-hmm. 22, 24, thinking that I had all this influence. I didn't. And I was that dominant. I got this. I got these degrees. This is insane. I'm so smart. All you people should listen to me. And the reality was, is I was only hearing myself and nobody was listening. <laughs> right, right. Because they, one, they were threatened, they were intimidated. And I was really a self-serving individual at that young, youthful age of just not knowing influence. Yeah. So, yeah, that really, that's resonating. My notes, I'm a full page in right now <laughs> in my journal. So just keep yeah. writing. That's it. I keep learning because then you learn what you don't know and you can go and- get that. We all do. And to your point, Jim, I think I think a lack of humility reveals a lack of security, right? A lack yeah. of, you know, when we when we cross the borderline from confidence to arrogance because we don't have enough humility, the reason we don't have enough humility is we haven't yet reached a level of security and self-confidence, true self-confidence, right? Self-confidence is confidence in who I am as a person, my values, my character. Situational confidence is, is confidence in competencies. So Yes. For example, I could you could put me in the operating room, but I don't have any competency as a heart surgeon. So I would have no situational confidence there, but I'd still have my self-confidence in who I am as an individual. Yes. And I don't think we always understand confidence at, at that level. So um, developing hmm. our own character and helping grow ourselves internally will help us with that balance of humility yes. and confidence. Yeah, wow. Um, okay, we got one question here, and then we're going to have some closing thoughts on this. But big last question. Here we go. Let's see okay. if I can get this out. It's the leadership roles in the service industry, inspiring teams, steering the organizations toward bigger success. How do they apply the power of influence in those situations, specifically the service industry? Most of our leaders or listeners are listening, you know, listening in for this service, you know, service guidance. How do we use that power of influence specifically in the service industry? Well, I I think it really comes back to the balance between having relationships, but getting results. I mean, people in the service industry, leaders in the service industry, they, you still have to make money in a business, right? I mean, a business has to make money to be profitable, to continue to, to exist. But, and so we, we must get results, but it's also learning to balance that with the relationships. And it starts with relationships with our team members, because if I'm taking care of those relationships and developing those team members and helping them grow, the relationships then with the clients and customers will take care of themselves because the leaders, the, the values of an organization, the culture of an organization are simply a reflection of that top leader's values. And so I, as the leader, have to take responsibility for that. And if, you know, the team members are exactly where I've led them, they can't, they can't go anywhere else. If I'm the leader, then they're where I've led them. So if I'm not happy with the results that I'm getting, it's time to take a step back and say, what do I need to change about my values? Right. And that's where commitment to developing others comes in because it takes a sacrifice to help somebody else grow. If I'm an elite, if I'm a leadership role and I want to help develop my team members so that I get better results and relationships in the organization, 
then I've got to spend some time helping that person grow, right? Whether it's doing a, a book study or helping them go to a, a, a conference or a growth opportunity or buying them, you know, buying them some books to, to read or read with them even. Helping them develop, it takes a sacrifice, right? But I, as the leader, have to take responsibility for taking the organization and the culture where I want to go. Yeah. Um, and that comes back to leadership. The leaders has to be growing, right? They have to be growing in, or- in order to help everybody else grow. Outstanding. Awesome. awesome. Well, we are really kind of at our time. Um, so I will we'll wrap up here. But uh, before we wrap up, uh, we, we like to call them value bombs. There's some really good podcasters that, that talk about <laughs> value bombs or a nugget of wisdom, you know, a kernel. If you could uh, give, you know, one piece of advice to leaders in the service industry, um, what would you say to them? I say be intentional about your your own growth because it's raising the level of awareness, right? Changing the way I think. Just like when you thought you had problems as a teenager and now you're like, man, I didn't have problems. I really have problems now, right? It's not that the problems changed. It's just that you've grown naturally as a result of, of growth. So if you're intentional about growing yourself on a regular basis every single day, one step forward, one step forward, right? Climbing a mountain. And that's going to change. If I just learn one new thing every day from now until next year, that's 365 knowledge things I have, right? 365 more knowledge pieces that I have, I would think at a different level. Well, so would anyone else, right? If I, I don't have to study all day, but learn one thing every day. And I will be in a different place in my leadership journey um, in a year or compound that over three years or five years or however far you want to take it. So that's the that's the best piece of advice I'd give to a leader is be intentional with that growth every single day. That's a nugget, see? And that's mine for today. Thanks. That's the value bomb right there. <laughs> you just bomb. saved me five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's awesome. <laughs> no, that's cool. That is so cool. It has been so much fun having you on. Uh, great insight. Uh, and Jim, of course, man, between the two of you, uh, you're taking notes. I'm taking notes over here like crazy <laughs> trying to figure that stuff. Um, I wanted to know uh, where can people find you if they want to learn more about what you're doing out there? Uh, where can we, where can we find you at? Sure. So you can find more information on our blue collar leadership programs at bluecollarleadership.com. Um, you can also find me if you're more interested in the leadership for women, um, lane, then that would just be finding me on my website, uh, So R I A S T O R Y.com. Outstanding. Jim Robinson, parting thoughts from you, sir. This is just all value bombs. We, we asked 10 <laughs> questions. But we did, we got 20 value bombs out of this thing today. And uh, my, if you're listening, you got to tune in, folks. You got to follow Rhea story. You got to follow the blue collar. You got to get in there. Go to their websites, get their content. You're going to be mind blown and how fast you're going to grow because you're about to learn stuff you just didn't know yet. And in that, it will set you on a very new journey and be intentional on that journey. Tons of outstanding information today. I'm stoked to be part of this. Very happy to be with you today, Rhea. No, my privilege. Thank you both. You know, for anyone who's listening, and uh, we don't have an email list or spam or anything like that, but you can download excerpts of The Ladder of Influence and our other Blue Collar Leadership books. Um, Visit bluecollarleadership.com forward slash download, and that will take you to free downloads from most of the chapters of our books. Um, you don't have to put an email in, don't even have to register or anything like that. Just find some good content there and start growing. 
Awesome. Love that. We will definitely list that in our show notes for you guys and, and share with everybody because it's important. We are all in this, in our industry, and especially, our, you know, our company and this podcast to help grow people. And that's what it's all about. And, and so I get up every day. That's it. Every Sleep single day. Sleep on a man. good pillow so you're ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, from everyone at Service Evolution, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, don't forget to hit, give us a like, leave a comment. If you're watching us on YouTube, uh, don't forget the little bell for notifications. And of course, uh, you know, for providing great content for you guys and giving you value, hit the like button. We always help, I like that helps our analytics tremendously. So thank you so much, Rhea. Thank you very much. We'll see you guys on the next time. See ya. Thank you.